sticky inflation. To profit from sticky inflation, smart investors are avoiding the volatile public markets that are susceptible to bad news in favor of insulated private markets and gravitating toward assets that thrive during inflation, including real estate and assets related to consumer staples like food, oil, gas, and hygiene. So the lesson for investing during inflation is to not retreat, but to reassess and reallocate. Follow the rich and allocate to assets related to essential goods and assets. Are you looking for freedom? Freedom from the daily grind and hustle? Or just finding a way to live the life you always wanted? Then join us on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Our host, Mike Ayala, will help you discover new ways to find freedom with tips, insights, and interviews. You'll learn the exact systems he's used to travel the world and live his best life. True success and happiness are all about freedom. And here's your roadmap on how to find freedom on your own terms. Welcome to the Investing for Freedom podcast. Here's your host, Mike Ayala. Thank you for joining me on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Today, let's discuss profiting from sticky inflation. I'm not fully convinced that, you know, we're not in a period of time where what's going on isn't going to be you know, a normal for an extended period. And I think, as I've said so many times in the past, you know, we were so drunk on cheap money, uh, loose finance uh, in terms of, you know, the Fed and, and the Treasury and, and, and the government just <laughs> printing money. Uh, I mean, even today, you know, I, I saw that uh, Zelensky from Ukraine is, is back asking for, I don't know, another 45 billion or something maybe 25 billion. And it, it's like, we don't know that, um, you know, we, we, we don't have that money. It's, it's not real money. Or maybe we know that and we're just really starting to realize that they know that. And this is just how it's going to be going forward. Um, you know, I said this a few weeks back on the King's Table podcast, but, you know, there was this whole conversation leading up to COVID in 2020, a lot of conversation around MMT mixed, uh, excuse me, modern monetary theory. And, you know, I was having so many discussions where, you know, that'll never work. Modern monetary theory basically says that, you know, we can just continue to print money. It's a fiat currency anyway. It's based on debt. And so there's there's no challenges with it, which, um, you know, I, I mean, maybe at the end of the day, there's some truth to it. I, I don't know. But there was a lot of arguments going on then, like this will never work. We'll, you know, we'll never allow it. Then all of a sudden we get you know, distracted by, by COVID and pretty soon we're basically living modern monetary theory. Um, some foreign government comes and wants $25 billion for a war that they're fighting or maybe a war that we're fighting through them. Um, you know, Aaron Amuchastegui on uh, King's Table, I, I missed this episode because I was at the Father-Son Mastermind at Lake Powell, so I wasn't recording with them, but I re-listened to it and, you know, Aaron was talking about how there's maybe this idea that he had in his brain where you know, maybe maybe we're actually fighting a war with Russia um, through Ukraine, and this is kind of how we fight wars now. We you know basically basically use a proxy um, to fight our war, and then none of our sons and daughters have to go die. Um, and and maybe this is just how it's going to be going forward, which is kind of an interesting take. But anyway, profiting from sticky inflation, I think we're in a period of time where I, I'm not sure that we're going back to two percent inflation. Um, I, I'm not sure that interest rates are going back to, you know, negative interest rates. Again, this was kind of like a new normal in the early mid teens or I guess mid to late teens. And I don't know, maybe this is just how it's going to be going forward. But this is actually an excerpt 
that I'm going to share with you from my blog on my website. And if you're interested in that, um, like I, I get a lot of great feedback on it. Go to www.michaelaiella.com. Uh, there's a famous boxer named Mike Ayala, so I, I, I couldn't get any, any of my domains. Maybe someday. But go to michaelaiella.com and you can sign up for that blog. So let's talk about sticky inflation. So the Federal Reserve's consistent dose of bad medicine in the past two years in the form of rate hikes to corral inflation doesn't seem to be going away, as I kind of said in the um, diatribe at the beginning. The fear of additional rate hikes has the market spooked with Wall Street's three major averages closing lower this past Wednesday with the Nasdaq's 1% loss leading declines. On Thursday, uh, this would be the week before, Nasdaq continued its losing streak with its fourth straight session of losses. Um, many pundits thought the Fed would be done for the year, but recent developments have stoked fears of continuing rate hikes. And even though we paused this round, obviously, um, you know, they're talking about another rate hike later this year. You know, the reality with all of this is, is it's all speculation. Nobody really knows. I don't know that the Fed really, um, you know, knows what's going on. We're in such a volatile period of time that, um, you know, obviously the market's building certain things in, everybody's speculating. But at the end of the day, I, I, I don't think it's black and white. You know, people were hoping that the Fed would be on hold for the rest of the year, but it's possible that we got one or two more rate hikes to come, said Chris Zaccarelli, Chief Investment Officer at Independent Advisor Alliance. All things being equal, that's a little bit of a negative for the stock market, which was expecting the Fed to potentially be done this year. It was a bad week for Wall Street, but an even worse week for many tech stocks. Apple shares dropped 2.9% on a Bloomberg news report that China is looking to broaden a ban on the use of phones in state-owned companies and agencies. Technology and semiconductor stocks lagged with NVIDIA and the advanced micro devices falling 1.7 and 2.5% each. Seagate technology shed nearly 11% while Skyworks Solutions, Qualcomm, and Corvo edged down at least 7%. Ironically, it's two areas of strength in the, econ in the economy that may be dragging down stocks. And, and this is, again, we're just kind of in this new weird period of time. And these two areas, um, the strong dollar, and a strong labor market. Because inflation is still not at comfortable levels, the Fed is emboldened to continue raising interest rates because workers haven't apparently felt a squeeze in the job market since the rate hikes began more than a year ago. On the currency side, a strong dollar, while beneficial to Americans buying foreign goods, is bad news for American companies selling their goods abroad, which are now more costly to foreign consumers. While stock investors wave away the recent stock market slide as just part of the game, wise investors know better. On the roller coaster ride that is the stock market, smart investors know that the downs outweighs the ups and unpredictability of the markets can turn on the slightest bit of economic indicators, news, buzz, and rumors, makes wealthy planning just a chaotic and unpredictable hard thing to really just figure out at the end of the day. While stock portfolios suffer from the effects of sticky inflation and the ramifications of rate hikes, Smart investors are finding ways to profit in this environment. So while stock investors run from inflation and cut their losses, smart investors are embracing inflation and profiting from it. How? There are two ways to avoid the rate. There are two ways to avoid the fate of stock investors who are slaves to the market volatility and the ramifications of stock market plunges due to inflation and all the associated elements surrounding inflation, including rate hikes. By the way, if you follow or don't follow Keith Weinhold, um, he just put up a pretty good uh post on this about how, you know, uh, banks are offering savings rates of five point or five plus percent, but um, you might be losing money at that. You might want to go listen to that as a pretty good, pretty good episode. You can find him on Instagram or YouTube or 
uh, his podcast, um, Apple, wherever you listen to it. So um, Keith Weinhold from Get Rich Education. I've been listening to him for years, by the way. Um, love his teaching. So anyway, there's two ways to avoid the fate of stock investors, as I said, um, who are slaves to market volatility. One, don't play in the same sandbox as stock investors. The highly liquid public markets are susceptible to the slightest hint of bad news. If you're a kid and you notice other children playing in a sandbox that's consistently ravaged by storms, animals, other humans, why play in that sandbox? Uh, the ultra-wealthy don't play in the same sandbox. They don't like the unpredictability of the public markets. That's why they prefer private markets and consistently allocate more than 50% to two private alternatives in particular. By the way, we have a webinar coming up um, on Wednesday discussing this with Wavemark Capital. Um, you can go to wavemarkcapital.com to sign up for that. Um, but the two areas that they prefer and allocate, again, more than 50% to are commercial real estate and private company investments, i.e. private equity. And the second one is allocate to goods and services that thrive with inflation. Logically, investing in assets where the prices of goods or services backing these assets thrive in an inflationary environment is the ideal hedge against market uncertainty and volatility. A tangible asset generating income that keeps pace or exceeds rising prices along with appreciation of the underlying asset is how the ultra-wealthy profit from inflation. Warren Buffett once said, the best businesses during inflation are the businesses that you buy once and then you don't have to keep making capital investments su subsequently. That's because the capital investments come at a higher cost when prices are rising. Asked to give an example of such businesses that thrive during inflation, Buffett offered that it's particularly handy to own real estate during times of inflation because the purchase is a one-time outlay for the investor and has the added benefit of being able to be resold. Besides real estate, there's a laundry list of other assets that thrive during inflation. These assets are typically tied to consumer needs and not wants as budgets get stretched and pop pocketbooks tighten. Consumers will eschew luxuries in favor of necessities. Examples include oil, gas, energy, groceries, hygiene products, alcohol and tobacco. Um, I didn't add this in the blog, but I'll add, you know, service businesses are, are great. Um, affordable housing, obviously we love, love, love affordable housing. And the webinar that I brought up on Wednesday, by the way, um, it's talking about investing in uncertain times. And I think we're definitely in you know, a period of uncertainty. Nobody knows exactly what's going to happen. But the Wavemark Income Fund is actually something that might be interesting to you. Um, it's shorter term notes backed by uh, manufactured housing, uh, promissory notes from the communities that uh, borrow the money. And for a one-year commitment, it pays 12%. For a two-year commitment, it pays 14%. We're literally utilizing this capital, lending it to communities so that they can bring in the product and infrastructure needed um, to grow and increase the occupancy. If you're interested in that, again, go to waymarkcapital.com and you can see all the information there. This is a 506C um, offering registered with the uh, SEC. So um, got to be an accredited investor to be able to invest in this. So. Anyway, go to wavemarkcapital.com and we can get you the information that you need there. Or you can sign up for the webinar too that's coming up on Wednesday. But back to the sticky inflation. To profit from sticky inflation, smart investors are avoiding the volatile public markets that are susceptible to bad news in favor of insulated private markets and gravitating toward assets that thrive during inflation, including real estate and assets related to consumer staples like food, oil, gas, and hygiene. So the lesson for investing during inflation is to not retreat, but to reassess and reallocate. 
follow the rich and allocate to assets related to essential goods and assets. And again, we're in this time of uncertainty. And so the thing to do here is to not be in fear. It's not to hide because, you know, if you're just burying your money in, in the mattress, this is the worst possible time to be doing that. Because if you put $100 under your mattress and inflation is 7, 9, 10%, which I know they're not reporting that, but I'm still not convinced that we're down in the threes and fours. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that we're going there anytime soon. I don't know that, you know, even when they're reporting 2%, that that's actually what it is. But you put $100 under your mattress and inflation is 7%. Um, you literally lost, you know, 7% that year. And so, I mean, the reality is you got to be making 7% to just break even on that money. And so, you know, putting it in a 5% interest bearing account. And again, go listen to Keith Weinhold talk about this a little bit more, but putting it in a 5% uh, interest bearing account, you're actually losing 2%. If inflation's 5%, then you're breaking even. So, you know, we got to be finding things that are, again, short term. Um, I'm a fan of real estate long term. I believe real estate's going to be just fine. If you bought at the top of the market, which, you know, might have been a year ago, might, might still be now, who knows? I mean, some markets have dropped already, but some are holding. Um, you know, I, I think you go forward five years, 10 years, as long as you can cash flow through that market time. I think you're going to be just fine. I'm pretty sure that real estate's going to be worth more in five years, just as Buffett was talking about, um, especially 10 years, you know, unless we're in another down cycle. But it's just about writing these cycles out um, and not, you know, buying into all the negativity. I mentioned this the other day. Um, this is uh, was on an episode of King's Table that's coming out this Friday. Um, but, you know, the negativity, I saw a statistic that the negativity that we are bombarded with as humans in this day and age, we, we see as much negative information in a week than humans would have in a lifetime a hundred years ago. And you know, that kind of caused me to stop and say, is that true? But when you look at social media and the news and everything that we're reading and watching, this is why we have to work so hard, you know, to, to be around the average of the five people that, you know, are going to lift us up because man, it's such a challenging crazy time that we live in. And so, you know, at the end of the day, um, we just got to guard, guard our, our mindset. And so again, I don't think that the thing to do is to be sticking our head in the, in the sand or burying our, you know, our cash in a bank or under a mattress, it's time to be investing. But just, you know, for me, it's shorter term investments backed by real estate or backed by a, a pretty solid business, um, with returns that are outpacing inflation. So, you know, we got to be getting at least 10% right now in order, um, you know, to, to really make it worth the risk. And so these investments at 12 and 14% are pretty solid. Um, if you're interested, again, go to waymarkcapital.com. Um, but at the end of the day, you can profit, profit from sticky inflation. Um, but, you know, we're just in an interesting time. So you just need to stick to your fundamentals. Um, as we talked about, don't retreat, but reassess and reallocate. Go out there and have a great week. Uh, keep your head up and let's just go out and make some money. Let's go profit from sticky inflation. If you've found value in this episode and you know someone who's wanting to start or move further along in their journey toward investing for freedom, I would be forever grateful if you would share this show with them and help me get this message out to more listeners. Also, if you enjoy what you've heard, I would appreciate it if you'd take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. And until the next episode, cheers to moving further along in your journey of investing for freedom.